0: You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendes. I'm a fantasy analyst at PFF and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys, as always, so much for making us your first daily listen here. Today's episode is a bit of a different one. There's some actual news to update you with here when it comes to the Los Angeles Rams. They placed a cornerback, an important player on this roster, of course, on short-term IR. We'll dive into what that means for the defense. Take a look at whether or not the Rams will make a trade for a safety from the New York Jets, who they've been sort of linked to from ESPN. And then we'll dive into the Rams and the giants, a bit of an update there for you guys as well. But before we get into all of that, I mentioned that the Rams did place a cornerback on short-term IR and that's Darius Williams. I mean, this was expected for the most part. We talked about it, I think on yesterday's podcast, I can't even recall now, but he hurt his ankle. It was a low ankle sprain, I think, or a mid ankle sprain in the last game on Thursday night football against the Seattle Seahawks towards the end of the game. I want to say maybe on the fifth or sixth last play of the game. So terribly unfortunate. I mean, it just sucks, but at the same time, it's not the end of the world, right? The Rams are placing him on IR. It's going to be a short term stay, which means in three weeks, he's going to be eligible to come off IR. He's going to be back on the roster and presumably he's going to be back at basically 100%. So he should be able to go at that point in time. But on a personal level, I hate this because it just sucks for a guy who's in a contract season. I mean, he doesn't need to be sidelined right now for three weeks. That's not going to help him in terms of looking for a new contract with the Rams or with anybody in the NFL. So I do hate it for him personally. And not just that, but I think right now the secondary has been subpar for the Rams. It's not been great, but it's not been terrible either. The one area of concern right now Is what are they going to look like moving forward throughout the next three games without D will? Because now, yeah, we know they have Jalen Ramsey. He's the guy cornerback one. There's no doubt about that. But after Jalen Ramsey is where things start to get interesting because prior to this last week, as we know, the Rams pulled David Long Jr. from that starting lineup in place of fourth round rookie Robert Rochelle. And David Long had a struggle in week four against the Arizona Cardinals, not his best game. Of course, he gives up the long touchdown, some other big plays as well. Then you go into week five for the Rams. Rochelle is now the boundary corner starting opposite of Williams or opposite of Ramsey, depending on who's on the other side. And then Rochelle struggles in that game as well. But we did provide some context for you guys in terms of why he may have struggled. I mean, He's a fourth round rookie starting his first game on a short week against two really good receivers. It was not going to be an easy task. So I don't think it's necessarily fair to say this guy's not a good player. I genuinely think he's a very talented rookie and someone that I've circled moving forward throughout the next few years. But now that begs the question, what are they going to do at cornerback? Because Williams was one of the mainstays at that position. One of the guys that they felt very comfortable at plugging into the slot and leaving him there that allowed Jalen Ramsey to do a lot of different things on the back end. Whereas now are the Rams going to let Jalen Ramsey play in the slot more often? Is he still going to be lined up outside a decent amount of time? Does this mean David long jr. Is now going to slide into the slot because we know Rochelle is not really a guy that belongs there. And I think I may have the answer because you look at the handful of snaps. I want to say six, maybe seven, eight snaps after D will got hurt on Thursday night football. We saw David long go back on the field in his starting position, except every snap that he took was in the nickel spot. And I think that's sort of a foreshadowing for what the Rams are going to kind of plan at this position on moving forward. You're going to have Jalen Ramsey coming to the slot a little bit, probably play upwards of 60% of his snaps outside of the slot. And then what does that mean for the remainder of the snaps? Well, probably going to mean that David long jr is going to be the guy who lines up in the slot for the remainder of those snaps and Robert Rochelle on the boundary as well. So that is now your new starting trio at cornerback. And I'm genuinely concerned about this position now because this was one of these strengths for the Rams last year, this year, but even this year, the statistics maybe haven't been lined up on par in terms of how talented these guys really are. So probably left a little bit to be desired. Now, how much can you really rely on these guys? Like I mentioned just one week ago, the Rams and defensive coordinator Raheem Moore specifically singled out David Long as a guy who was struggling and they yanked him after, I want to say basically just one bad week. Now he has to go back out there with maybe a lack of confidence and Raheem Morse has no other choice. I mean, you have to rely on a guy who you literally just benched seven days ago and Robert Rochelle did not look any better in a starting position against the Seahawks. Now you have two potential liabilities out there out of your three cornerback spots. And obviously that's a scary situation for any pass defense. And yeah, a lot of people are going to bring up the schedule over the next three games. I know it's not exactly the toughest that the Rams have ever seen. I want to say it's the New York Giants, the Detroit Lions, and potentially the Houston Texans. I think that's what it is. Sure. Not exactly high powered offenses that you're sweating over, but at the same time, we saw the Rams and the Giants last year. I mean, the Rams were severely more talented. They should have blown that team out and yet it was a one score game. And lo and behold, the guy who ices the game with an interception on a attempt at a game winning drive, Darius Williams. And of course now he's not going to be able to play in this game. So sucks for him on a personal level. I don't think this is going to be good for the Rams defense in general either, but at the same time, They may be going against a Giants team. That's not even going to have a starting quarterback. They may be missing their top three or four receivers, which is obviously just terrible for them. There's really no way you can overcome that. And their best player, Saquon Barkley is not going to go in this one either. So a lot of injuries for that side to overcome. And it of course kind of makes the job easier for these Rams defenders. I think maybe this game will be a little bit hard to gauge in terms of how good these guys are playing without Darius Williams, but We're going to definitely find out how much depth they have in this unit over the next three weeks. When we see David long out there in his natural position in nickel, like I mentioned last week, when they talked about benching him, he deserves to start in the nickel spot first before getting benched. They obviously did not do him that justice. Now. I mean, it's coming to fruition either way. He's going to get in that nickel spot as a starter. Unfortunately, it's because of an injury, but this unit is equipped. I think to handle it, they invested a lot at this position. And at the end of the day, The defensive line has done a very good job at pressuring quarterbacks. So it's obviously going to make whoever's back there job a little bit easier. In just a second, here we're going to dive into whether or not the Rams may make an addition at this position by potentially trading for a safety. Of course, you guys can always follow us on Twitter at QB's MEP at Locked On Rams and on YouTube at Locked On Rams. And I want to tell everybody who's listening to this podcast about an incredible app called Get Upside, which is entirely free. If you drive a car, if you fill up on gas you have no reason not to download this app. It's going to give you up to 25 cents cash back for every gallon of gas that you fill up with. You can download the app for free, entirely free, no questions asked on the app store or Google play. The promo code is touchdown and you can get a bonus 25 cents cash back per gallon. That's up to 50 cents cash back for every gallon of gas that you fill up with. There is no issues. You can cash out at any time, however you prefer, whether that's straight to your bank account, your PayPal account, Or if you want to get gift cards in return, cash out at any time. The promo code is touchdown. The app is entirely free. It is called Get Upside. You guys should absolutely check it out if you get a moment. And now we can dive into the second segment here. And I want to mention a potential trade candidate here because it came up the other day. I want to say yesterday now when you guys are listening to this podcast that the Rams may make a play for New York Jets safety. Marcus May, who is a former Florida Gators player. Many moons ago at this point, he's like 28. I want to say a player who's now playing on a one-year franchise tag, I want to say as well, and a guy who's somewhat disgruntled and he doesn't really want to play for a terrible football team like the New York Jets, no offense, but who would, especially when you're starting to get up there in age, nobody wants to waste their good years and their prime on a defense like that. Let's just be honest. And so now, apparently, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN and some of the other workers at ESPN... They put together a big list, an interesting one, talking about trade candidates with the trade deadline coming up in a few weeks here. And this was obviously a guy who's been circled. They talked about how he went to the Jets management and basically asked to be traded. I mean, he doesn't want to be there anymore and that he specifically wanted to go to a contender. And they name dropped two teams in specific, both in the NFC the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm not really sure why those teams in specific, but. They mentioned the Buccaneers as a team that I guess could use a little bit of help on the back end there with some of the injuries that they've had, as well as I think his former defensive coordinator used to be in New York, Todd Bowles, I want to say. So there is that connection there. In terms of the Rams, there is no connection. They basically said that we can't count the Rams out. This team has suffered some issues on the back end this season, and they may basically look to bolster this position in general. And, you know, they're the Rams. They like to trade for players. They're always a little bit riskier than most teams. And that was basically the only connection between the Rams and potentially Marcus May as he looks for a trade now with the trade deadline coming up. But in my opinion, I just don't think this move makes any sense for the Rams. I mean, first and foremost, the secondary and specifically the safety position, I think is one that the Rams feel very good about the depth that they have, right? You talk about Jordan Fuller and Taylor Rapp as the starting duo so far. I think they've been good. You know, there's probably still a little bit more for them to do in terms of taking that next step into Not necessarily the elite tier, but maybe a little bit more solidified in their production there. After those guys, though, it doesn't end, right? The Rams have played Nick Scott a decent amount, 10 to 15 snaps per game, and he's been awesome. I mean, he's the guy who just sealed that game on Thursday night against the Seahawks with a game-winning interception, basically, and he's been a good player. Like This guy, on most teams, would be able to get a lot more snaps under his belt, and I genuinely think that he's been a player that's developed a lot as a former 7th-round pick, And then there's the last guy that we've talked about on this podcast, myself in specific, many times. And I know a lot of Rams fans are echoing these same statements, Terrell Burgess. Everyone wants to see this guy on the field. And if the Rams trade for Marcus May, there's just no way he's gonna get on the field. So I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. They have a ton of depth at this position and they already can't find ways to get guys like Burgess on the field, who in my opinion is maybe gonna be a budding star at some point. Like I genuinely think he's that talented. And if that's the kind of depth that you have at your safety four, safety five spot, it makes no sense whatsoever to go out and add another guy at this position. That's only going to make it harder for everyone to find snaps. And I think the Rams are happy with what they've seen from their safety so far. So I just don't think that this addition really makes any sense uh, from Marcus May's standpoint. Yeah, maybe it does, because why wouldn't you want to play for the Rams? I would. They're four and one. They look like they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFC. Let's just be honest here. This team has to be one of the teams that's going to contend for the NFC championship game, the super bowl. That's how good they are. And if you're one of those players that, you know, is going to be hitting the free agent market here in six months, four months, whatever you want to call it, you probably want to go to a team. That's going to be putting you in a good position to maybe make a little bit more money on your next contract because they know how to utilize you. You can play with guys like Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald. Of course, it's going to make your job a little bit easier as well. And not just that, but This guy's played for the Jets his entire career since being a second round pick. I'm pretty sure he would die to win, you know, 10, 12, 14 games in a season at this point, get into the playoffs, understand what it feels like to play in the playoffs. That stuff is every player's dream, basically, right? Everyone wants to play meaningful football in December, in January, in February. And that's just not going to happen with the New York Jets right now. This team looks like they need another two or three years before they need another two or three years. As they say, they're two or three years away from being two or three years away. And I mean, he's clearly going to leave the team at the end of his contract here in March or April when free agency rolls around, but I just don't know that it makes any sense for the Rams here. I mean, this guy is playing on a ten and a dollar contract right now, a one-year deal. And of course, half the season is basically over. So you can slash that in about half. I want to say, which still leaves him at a hefty 5 million ish dollar fee. The Rams, according to over the cap, only have $1.8 million in salary cap space. So I don't even know how they would be able to fit him under the salary cap. They pretty much wouldn't be able to, they would need to do some sort of maneuvering and make some more space to even be able to fit a guy like that under the cap. And I just don't think they're going to be interested in doing that as well as having to dish out more assets then having to restructure somebody, maybe cut somebody, maybe trade somebody to make some money to fit him. And then all above everything else, you talk about that safety position. I think they feel very good about what they have. So I just don't think that there's really any concrete evidence for me to believe that this move makes any sense for the Rams or that we should even expect it because at the end of the day, this roster, yeah, they may be on the buyer's market when it comes to, you know, the trade deadline here, because yeah, they are a super bowl contending team. Maybe they can afford to take a few more chances than some other teams can maybe be willing to spend a draft pick a little bit more so than some of these other teams that are not going to compete for a title to go get a one-year rental to try and bolster your chances to go get a Super Bowl title. But I just don't think this is going to be the impact that they're looking for. If they want to look somewhere else, man, I would maybe go look at cornerback, maybe inside linebacker, maybe even edge rusher, but certainly not at safety. And not for a guy like Marcus May, who I just don't think really moves the needle that much for this team right now. Uh, we're going to see you know, whether this comes to fruition or not. But something in me tells me that it's just not going to happen. I don't expect this to happen. And I don't think it should. I've talked about it now for three or four podcasts in a row. I want to see more of Terrell Burgess. This guy is a standout player, man. He's got more versatility than any player on that back end. You can line up anywhere you want him to. He can basically do anything you ask of him in terms of his secondary role. And he's a positionalist player in a league that's going positionalist. That is the kind of guy I want on the field. That is the kind of talent I want on the field. So when it comes to Marcus May, it's going to get a big X from me. I don't think this move makes sense for me. Uh, From my perspective, I should say, don't think the Rams are going to be all too interested in it either. We'll see if it comes to fruition, according to Jeremy Fowler. The Rams probably a team to watch and I'm not going to knock them for that. They're definitely a team that is willing to get a little bit risky when it comes to the trade market more so than pretty much any other team when it comes to the NFL. So we'll see if there's any connection or any link here, but as of right now, I don't think this one makes any sense in just a second here. We're going to flip the page and finally start looking at this matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and the New York Giants and make sure to tune back in tomorrow for our Thursday crossover episode with Locked On Giants host Patricia Trina, she breaks down everything you need to know about the New York Giants heading into this contest. You guys have heard me talk about the Bilt Bar many times on this podcast, and we're going to continue to do it because they are the best protein bar on the market. I've tried a bunch of different protein bars. Some are chalky, some don't taste good, some are expensive, some are not even high in protein, so I don't know why they call themselves protein bars. Built Bar has none of these issues. They're low in calories, they're low in sugar, they're high in fiber, they have 19 grams of protein per bar, they taste great, and they have so many different flavors that you can package the box however you prefer. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while the supplies last. All you have to do, is just go to billbar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at billbar.com. And as always, thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at the Locked on Rams podcast. For your second daily listen, make sure to go check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. These guys are going to break down every big news story of the NFL every single day in under 30 minutes. Entirely free on whatever podcast platform that you guys use. Go check them out. And now we can dive into this final segment here. The Rams placed Darius Williams on short-term IR. We mentioned that. They brought up Tremaine Ankrum from the practice squad to fill his spot, which of course is one of the backup offensive linemen, tackles, whatever you want to consider him. So not really much of a one-for-one style of move there. Doesn't leave a ton of depth at that cornerback spot, which maybe fingers crossed does mean that Toral Burgess will find his way onto the field. We'll see if this kind of leads to that road there. Talked about the Marcus May trade. Don't think it's going to happen. We'll see. Would never really rule anything out when it comes to the Rams, but Just don't think it's a good use of money and resources right now and playing time. Now we can dive into the final segment here. There's a bit of an injury update that I want to get into and just sort of start to look at this contest between the Rams and the Giants last year. Of course, the Rams and the Giants played. We talked about that and the Rams barely got out of that game with a W. I mean, it took a diving gorgeous interception by Darius Williams to pick off Daniel Jones to finish that game. And that game was a strange one. I mean, offensively, the Rams did not look good. It took a 52-yard touchdown from Cooper Cup on a sort of busted play for the Rams to really do anything productive on offense. Defensively, yeah, they had a great game. They didn't really get scored on much. But at the same time, this is sort of a omen. I think you can never really count out any NFL team. And I learned my lesson in that game because I genuinely thought that the Rams would crush the Giants. Now, I'm not going to be making the same mistake this year. You cannot count these guys out. But as I mentioned, they are in a big potential issue here. I mean, this Giants offense, I don't know that there's any unit that's as banged up right now as they are. I mean, quarterback Daniel Jones suffers a concussion this past game on Sunday against the Cowboys. Doesn't really look like he's going to go. He might, of course. If he doesn't, Mike Glennon is going to be the next guy up there. I talked about Saquon Barkley. He's not going to play. He has an ankle sprain. If you guys watch that game, his ankle literally balloon to the size of a grapefruit. It was disgusting. There's just no chance he plays this week. So probably going to be out for the next two or three weeks. If that's the case, there's going to be Devontae Booker in that backfield. You move on to the receiver position. I mean, they are just demolished at this spot and I don't know who's going to go, but every one of their top four guys is currently injured or not playing. I mean, you look at their first receiver. Number one, Kenny Galladay suffers a hyper extended knee on Sunday. Once again, don't think he's going to play in this game, which is obviously a huge loss for them, and it sucks because there is that cool storyline between he and Matthew Stafford, of course. You look at whoever you want to consider their second receiver, let's call it Sterling Shepard, has not played in the last two games. Don't know if he's going to play in this one. Their third receiver, Darius Slayton, up to this point, has not played in the last two games. Don't know if he's going to be good to go in this one. I'm recording this earlier in the week, by the way, just so you guys know. I, I can't really provide you with you know their statuses and their injury updates because I don't know And then the last receiver that broke out on Sunday, Kadarius Tony, he looked great. First round pick out of Florida as well, but he also suffered an ankle injury in that game. He returned to the field, by the way, they taped him up and you could see there was a lot of tape around that ankle and then goes to punch somebody in the face and gets tossed out of the game and ejected. So I don't think he's going to get suspended for this game, but I think it is maybe a possibility. So maybe he doesn't play in this game. And of course I mentioned the ankle injury as well could be something that slows him down a little bit in this one. And then their offensive line, as if they just don't have enough injuries, their best offensive lineman, left tackle, Andrew Thomas, a second year player, former fourth overall pick, did not play last week. And they had to move their former right tackle, who was their former left tackle a few years ago, Nate Solder from right tackle to left tackle. And he looked terrible there. I mean, Randy Gregory was eating his lunch snap after snap for the Dallas Cowboys. And man, I don't know who's going to play for this team. I don't know what to expect. And I think even though it's going to put them in a bad spot, could also make the Rams job a little bit harder, right? They don't prepare for all these backups. They're not going to know what to do versus certain guys that they haven't seen yet. And there's going to be a lot of new faces on that offense. So I think it's going to make their job in terms of at least the preparation a little bit tougher because now you have to dig into the tape and look at how are you going to defend Mike Glennon or how are you going to defend Daniel Jones if he's out there? Because they are very different players. Jones, obviously a much more mobile guy. Glennon, who's like six, seven and can't run to save his life, a little bit more of a cannon, but you know, there's very different play styles there. Same as the running backs, Devontae Booker, a bit more of a grinder that's running in between the tackles type of guy. Saquon Barkley, there's nothing he can't do. I mean, this guy's a house call master, so a little bit different there. A guy that can score from 75 yards anytime he touches the ball, and of course, the receiver spot, a very different type of body there that you can expect. I mean, you got Kenny Galladay, who's a big contested catch style of vertical receiver. Maybe not going to be there. Kadarius Tony, pure yak guy. Yak meaning yards after the catch. You want to get the ball in his hands. Is he going to play? Don't know if he is. The Rams have to be on their tackling game. That's no doubt about that. And then Sterling Shepard, the slot guy, the third and seven, let's move the chains type of player, sure-handed, route-running savant. Is he going to be out there? If he's not, who's going to be that go-to guy for them on third and seven and third and nine? I don't know. And it's going to make this matchup a little bit more intriguing. The fact that... We don't know what's going to happen and who's going to play and who to expect to stand out. But at the same time, it's never good to miss your starters. Your backups are backups for a reason. There's a reason for that. They're just not as talented in terms of their ability to play. So the Giants aren't hoping that these guys miss the game, but it does make the job a little bit tougher for the Rams. And of course, we talked about Darius Williams not playing in this one. They're going to have a little bit more of a tough time, I think, trying to cover some of these receivers without a steady presence like Darius Williams. I watched that last game against the Seahawks, the tape. I finally got to dive into it. Darius Williams was great. I mean, he was beat on one attempt, which was an incomplete pass, thanks to Aaron Donald, uh, where he gets beat on a double move by Tyler Lockett. Probably should have been like a 65-yard touchdown, to be honest with you. Uh, but Wilson gets pressured in the pocket, has to overthrow it. But outside of that, I think D. Will gave up literally one catch for like 14 yards. He was in the hip pocket of a receiver. Whoever he was covering... Every single snap, like there is some legitimate ability that you're going to lose in terms of the coverage there on the offensive side of the ball. I feel like the Rams are going to feel pretty good about what they have going into this contest, man. You look at that offense, they are firing pretty much on all cylinders, right? There's still been some glitches. No doubt about it. First half in Seattle was disgusting. Uh, You know, you see some of those missed passes. They always creep up every now and again on Matthew Stafford, whether it's the receiver not being in the right spot, whether it's him not expecting them to be somewhere else, or whether he's just getting pressured in the pocket, can't really step into a throw, and then sails it a little bit. There is things for sure still to work on. No doubt about that. There's always going to be. And for the next four or five weeks, I think we can still expect to see some of those, you know, lack of chemistry snaps, lack of gelling coming up every now and again. But in this battle, I think they feel good, man. The Cowboys absolutely dominated this team. They had over 200 yards rushing on offense, You see Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb making big plays down the field, Cedric Wilson, Dalton Schultz, like literally everybody on the Cowboys offense was feasting in this game. They put up a 40 burger. Of course, they did also get a pick six. I think the Rams feel good about this matchup. Of course, they still need to go out there and prove it. There's no doubt about that. But right now, I think when you look at this offense, they probably want to put up 30 plus in this one and defensively, depending on who they see out there they're probably licking their chops, right? They want to get home after Mike Glennon. He is not mobile. This guy's a statue, the literal definition of a standing statue back there in the pocket. And if some of these receivers are out, I mean, you can get a little bit more aggressive in your coverage. And it's obviously going to help guys like Robert Rochelle and David Long, who are probably not elite tier cornerbacks. I mean, they don't necessarily need to go against the guys like Kenny Galladay, which is going to make their job a little bit easier. This game is going to be a Great one. I definitely think the Rams have a very good shot to get out of New York at five and one, which is going to be huge for their chances to make the playoffs, to continue competing in the NFC West and to try and get that NFC West crown. Going to be a good game. Make sure to tune back into this episode tomorrow for our Thursday crossover episode with Locked on Giants host Patricia Trina. She broke down the Giants in amazing fashion. We got to learn a lot more about this team and what to expect in terms of who's going to play, who's not going to play who stood out, and where some of the weak areas are for that roster. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at MEP at LockdownRams, and on YouTube at LockdownRams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.